go out and to invite someone to fill these seats with you uh, starting next week. And I really think that we put the same effort um, because really, isn't that what all the dollars for the building was all about anyway? It's reaching people for Jesus Christ. And so would you join me this week in really making an effort to having your friends, families, coworkers, whoever come and join us for the next three weeks of this series because um, we're not radical in our approach in the sense that uh, convert or die but we're certainly not uninterested in evangelism. We're very passionate about loving people and seeing people come to know the Lord. Final thing, business-related, is um, this is our last Sunday with Chris Richards, who's moving to Louisiana. I know. Just go roll with it, all right? Um, and we're just, we're going to miss him. He's going to go down and take care of his, his mom, who is ill, and uh, we're going to miss him. I, again, I can't account for what your tires may look like out there. There's been some threats, um, but, um, but we're going to miss you, and we really appreciated you being here this last a year or so being with us and, and being part of our family. So uh, we love you and we'll, we'll miss you greatly. So. All right, back to this uh, story this week. Um, the God I wish you knew is our focus. Um, if you've ever taken a day or a weekend or extended period of time, I'm not, I'm not talking about your five minutes or your two seconds before a meal, but I mean an extended period of time and you said, you know, I'm just going to spend this time with God. I'm turning off like the cell phone and the TV. I'm kind of getting away from people. And I'm just going to focus my time with God, having conversation with God. Um, I was able to do this this past Tuesday uh, as I uh, went to see a friend in Tennessee who was coaching his team in a national tournament. And I got in the car and I, I, you know, I turned everything off and I just drove and I listened to some, the scripture uh, and I just rode along. And if you've ever done that for an extended period of time, you'll know it's very difficult to get into it. Like the first few minutes or, or a period of time is, is a little struggle because you're, you're focused on what you normally do and God has to kind of keep pushing out and pushing out and pushing out. And then you get going and you get focused with God. And there's sometimes uh, in these periods of time when we get focused with God where God starts to speak. Now, can I be honest with you? I've never heard like the audible voice of God, like the, you know, the, the, the voice that comes down, you know, like, you know, James Earl Jones talking, that kind of voice. I've never heard that, but I can repeatedly tell you the times that I know God is speaking and he has spoke to me. And most often it has been in these times when I've been able to get away for an extended amount of time and I've had a period of time where I've been able to push aside what's going on in my life to get focused in. It's interesting because the, the example of this really comes from Scripture. And I want to read this simple passage and boil it down to one verse that I think is, could be very powerful for you this morning. If you're familiar with Luke chapter 5 at all, you'll know that uh, this is kind of the miracles chapter of the book of Luke, where we find that Jesus goes and he's, he's healing people and he's doing these great miracles, and he's starting to get into his conflict with, uh, with the religious leaders as well. Halfway through the passage, he starts to, to develop these controversies, as they call it, with, with the Jewish leaders. Um, we find at the very beginning we have this, this passage where he's teaching and it's so popular that he has to get out in a boat so he can get away from the crowd so he's not pressed in and the disciples with him start to talk to him, a question about all this and Jesus tells his disciples, this is that famous passage, I'm going to make you fishers of men, um, is what he's talking about there. Then he goes on and we find he heals this person with, with leprosy. I want to read that passage to you, and it finishes up with the verse that I think is powerful for us this morning. 
It says in verse 12, in one of the villages, Jesus met a, a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Now, leprosy in the Bible, really, that word covers all kinds of skin diseases, um, known and unknown. And most of those, just about all of those, would make you unclean uh, per uh, Jewish law, all the way back to Leviticus. And so it, as you could imagine, would put you out of the community. So Jesus is very compassionate about these kind of things. Verse 13, Jesus reached and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. What's going on there? Basically, when you were healed under a Levitical law, you had to go present yourself to the priest, and the priest was the one that declared that you were healed, and then you brought a sacrifice of healing as directed in Leviticus chapter 14. So that's what Jesus is talking about. He's very in line with the law there and following that. Um, but despite Jesus' instructions, as you would might imagine, the report of his power spread even faster, and the vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. So, hey, keep this quiet. Just go, you know, let's, let's be humble about this whole thing. That didn't happen, and there's more of a crowd. Verse 16, don't miss this one. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Your translation might say quiet places for prayer. That's the passage this morning I want to look at. Uh, The God I wish you knew wants to speak with you. Did you know that? He wants to speak with us. He wants to have this relationship and this conversation and this community with us. And if you like to follow God in movies, uh, you will know that God is often depicted as a very angry and a very distant God. But that's not what we see in God's word. What we see in God's word is this God who desires to commune with us and to communicate and to be with us. And here's Jesus at, we could say, maybe the height of his popularity or certainly a strong growing popularity here. And from a business model perspective, you know, you would capitalize on this moment right here and you would, you know, start building uh, what you wanted to do. But Jesus, it says here at the end of this, as the crowds had expanded, it says he often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Prayer. For conversation with God. So let me tell you this past week when I was driving along to Tennessee and I was listening to scripture and I was trying to pray and just kind of focus and it took me a half hour or so to get into it. Can I tell you what I felt like God speak to me and what he was saying to me. This is what I heard him say. He said, kind of, Tom, you're speeding again. (laughs) No, I'm serious. That's what I heard him say. Um, Now, I'll admit that I was going a few miles per hour over the speed limit, being very careful to make sure there were a couple cars continuing to pass me in case, you know, there was an officer close by. I learned that trick from Jeff Yates over here. Um, (laughs) So I I admit and I repent of the fact that I was speeding literally that day in my automobile. I repent, Sahara, of that, okay? All right, now I would like you to repent of sneaking popcorn into the movie theater. So see, you got called out right here in your church. See how that goes? Hey, tit for tat. That's how it works, tit for tat. 
right? So, so I really felt like I know God was saying, Tom, you're, you're speeding again. Can I take you back nine years ago? Nine years ago in my life um, was a time in ministry. Can I just tell you that in my life and in ministry, I was speeding. Um, and I was going a mile a minute in what we were doing. We were starting to uh, build a church in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I had kind of moved from the youth pastor to the assistant or associate pastor, and now I was over all the, the ministries of the church. Um, and I was running, running, running hard at the church. Uh, nine years ago, I didn't have a strong mentality of raising up leaders and delegating and, and seeing every single person in the church as a leader in some capacity. I didn't see that. It, it looked very different than it looks here where there's so many of you who have risen up to do things. Um, more than it looked like, I, I've got to take this, I've got to run with this, I can do this better than some, you know, that kind of, and I was running, running, running hard. I, I was learning a very valuable lesson. That I was, think I was coming out of that lesson, but I, I learned very strongly that what God put on my heart and developed me in ministry, you can't dictate and demand that your spouse has the same passion and has to be working alongside in that very ministry. And I was learning God had called Cherie to different ministries, and she's very good in different areas of the church. And I thought, well, no, you've got to like youth ministry. You've got to be right here with me. You know, I mean... So that was that period of time in my life. As I was running so hard in ministry, as I was running so hard in that new role in our church, I noticed I was also um, running right past my wife and family. I was kind of just running by. Um, And the conversation wasn't the same. Now my kids were little, and so it's very easy, gentlemen, for your little kids to go ahead and to kind of excuse it, to say, you know, they're little, they, you know, when they, as they get older, we'll really spend time together. Now, they learn it right there, four, five, six years old, and I was running right past. Now, you wouldn't have noticed that, because I was still the little league coach, um, and Shree and I still went out on date nights here and there, but I knew, I mean, I was running and running and running and running, and I felt like there was a breakdown. I felt like, like I hadn't hit that wall face on, but like I could see the wall and, the, and, and those things were starting to fire in my head already. You know, if you don't like change your foot off the gas to the brake, it's going to get ugly in a, in a few minutes here. And I sat and I talked to my pastor about this, uh, senior pastor, and we started to process what was going on and what I was doing. And can I tell you that 90% or so it was me. It was me running, 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 believing I was so valuable to what God was doing there that it couldn't be done without me, at least these areas. And I was, you know, headed for uh, that wall. Shree and I decided that that summer we would take a trip. And um, so I pulled like every dime we could muster in different places. And we went on a 10-year anniversary to Hawaii. And uh, which is a little easier when you're on the east, uh, west coast to get out there. And, and we went out there, and it was a 10 days of no church. The kids didn't go with us. I love them, but no kids. Um, and God just renewed something that week. Now, I'm not one that necessarily says, hey, if you're stressed to the max, go ahead and just take a vacation. You'll be great when you come home. The, it, we, it just doesn't always work that way. But God chose to use that period and that time to basically say this phrase to me, 
ten, or nine years ago, he said, Tom, you're speeding. You're speeding. And you're okay right now, but eventually you're getting a ticket, you're getting an accident, something's going to happen in your life here because I was speeding. So Tuesday morning, um, I will tell you, somewhat ashamedly, I will tell you the words I heard from God was, Tom, you're, you're speeding again. Now, nine years ago, I kind of walked away and vowed, like, I'm never going to get in that place again. I'm going to start raising up leaders in the church uh, to do things. I, I'm going to start building into people. I, I'm not going to be this, you know, I, I'll do it all kind of person because, you know, I'm better than everybody else kind of mentality. And that's what was happening. Um, and so I'm a little ashamedly tell you this morning that I kind of, I felt like God was saying again, you know, you're speeding again. And so uh, as I sat there, I will tell you, my first response to God was, you know, God, you don't know what you're talking about. So um, this is like a different church. We've done things totally different. We're in a different position here. God, we just came through an amazing capital campaign. And clearly, you know, it wasn't like we didn't hit our numbers because I gave all the, the money here, Lord. I mean, this was like a 90 plus percent uh, was buy-in from our congregation to be a part of that campaign. And so I'm like, I'm thinking of all these reasons why I don't like what God was saying to me. But nonetheless, he gave me no other word as I was sitting there listening, but you're speeding again. And so I started to process what we're doing at the church and what I'm doing, what you're doing, and and how this all works. And I would love to tell you like, okay, now I'm going to walk you through this five-point plan. I don't have anything like that for you this morning. I just know God says, Tom, if you start to like take and you, and it's not just taking and working because I'll do the work, but if you start taking and thinking you're here and your congregation is here, you're in trouble and you're speeding, you're going to hit a wall and it's going to be an ugly mess this time. And so that's what God's speaking to me about. Why do I share that with you this morning? Because I believe most believers in Jesus don't take a verse like this. But Jesus often withdrew to wilderness for prayer. Going before God, getting quiet for long periods of time, and letting God just speak to them. Letting God just share with them. Going to God and saying, God, I, it's been a little while, God, before we, since we've really spent time together. What do you have to share with me? What do you have to talk with me about? If you're like me, the, the danger some, sometimes is I go to God, but I open my mouth and I, I offer my petitions, I cry out to God, I need this, I need this, and I pray to God that way. And when I'm done with those petitions, you know what I say? Amen, I'm done, I'm out, I'm on to the next thing. You know, let's roll, let's roll with the day's agenda. Um, and that's not really the conversation he's talking about here. But Jesus, at the height of his popularity, seemingly all this is going very, very well. He was sent here to earth for this, for this reason, but he had to withdraw and to be with God the Father and to pray and to be with him. Listen, this morning I believe very strongly that in the life of our church, in reaching people for Jesus Christ, in growing, uh, not just numbers, but in people that surrender their life to Jesus Christ, and looking for opportunities in your work and in your little leagues and places like that to speak into people's lives, I just believe none of that will happen effectively unless we're spending time with God. For your marriages out there where uh, you're, you know you, you're the ones, you're sitting, you're struggling right now, and you either are struggling and you've kind of shared it and you're working down a path, or you're struggling and you haven't said a word to anybody, you guys are just keeping that right there in your little home, um, 
I believe that there won't be any reconciliation or joy in that marriage unless you're talking with God and spending time with him, hearing from him. Some of you are contemplating, what do I do next in life? Do I take this job? Do I take that job? What, what do I do uh, here or there? Some of you teens, you're thinking about colleges. Do I go here? Do I transfer schools? What do I do? And I just believe that you may hit a few decisions with good, with, with good results, but overall, I just don't think your life will be charted out the way God intended unless you're speaking with him and spending time with him as well. And I was reminded so strongly of that in my own life this past Tuesday when I spent time. So I I wonder in our our last couple minutes here, I just want to share with you just a couple reasons why I think that we don't go to God and spend time with God. And I want to tell you the results of that as well. And, uh, And then we'll be done. A little bit shorter message this morning. Don't cheer. So number one, uh, we don't go to God and spend time with God, and therefore we don't hear the voice of God and hear God speaking to us. Our number one reason, because we like to just convince ourselves we're too busy. We're just, we're just too busy. And I know some of you, like right away when I said that, you're like, okay, Tom, I've heard you say this before. You're like, you say this like often, and you already want to tune out. Don't tune out on this. Listen, Jesus was sent to save the world, that, I mean, that was his mission. God told Jesus, look, I have to send you down to earth, and I need you to be a sin sacrifice so that, that, that everyone can be saved. And not just everyone you're going to come into count, uh, encounter with while you're down there, but like everybody from here on out, all the way up to you sitting here this morning, to every single person that you know in your life that doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's what God is saying. I'm sending you down. You're going to the cross for that purpose. That's a pretty big mission. And read the gospel. Jesus is pretty busy. Now, I know you might say, well, he didn't start till he was 30 years old. Uh, but I'm going to guess he was busy before this, but at least we know from 30 to 33, this guy's pretty packed, right? And when I look at this and I say, Jesus, he was sent his mission to save the world. Um, um, I can't claim that kind of schedule. I just can't claim that, and neither can you. And so for our number one reason is we say we're just, I'm too busy. I'm too busy for us. And I think somewhere along the line, there's a switch in every single one of our lives. And the switch there, it's, it says schedule and priority. And right now you have to look at that. At some point, you have to flip that switch from saying my schedule is too busy you have to flick that to priority. And when you say, what is my priority? Well, my priority is hearing from God. My priority is knowing, like Romans 1, 2 says, to know the will of God. I have to transform my mind. How do I do that? I've got to spend time with God. That switch has to flip to priority. And if that's my priority, guess what? I'm saying no to this. I'm saying no here. I'm shortening up this over here. And I'm focusing on that as my priority. The longer I want to own and, and believe that schedule is the reason, the less God can speak to me and talk to me and guide and direct my life. Listen, here's the thing. Um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly. You don't need any convincing on this. You just need conviction from the Lord to make a change. I, I do at times in my life, 
and I looked at it Tuesday morning when God spoke to me. He said, Tom, you're, you're speeding again. To evaluate immediately, you know, what is it, God, that, that you're saying I need to tweak or change or, or, or move around in my own life because my priority is I want to hear from God. And if I'm going to stand up here as your leader, you better believe I want to hear from God leading you because I'm just not that gifted and talented of my own to lead you well enough. And I want to hear from him. We have to flip that switch from schedule to priority. Some of you, like, that is your thing this morning. you got to flip that switch. And so I encourage you, right here now, do that business. Here's the second thing, and, um, and it's simply this. You don't, you're a little scared of what God might say. You're a little nervous of what God some of you, like, have wild ideas. Like, you're like, if I go and spend time with God, I'm going to become a missionary, like, in some tribe somewhere in the world. I'll never see electricity again in my life. Um, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so God might have that for you. I would guess if God has it and, and you're spending time with him, you'll probably love it. But it's probably more likely that God wants to guide and direct your life as you're currently living it, and he wants to turn that life entirely towards living it in his will, saying yes the way we need to say yes for him, reaching people the way we need to reach, serving people the way we need to serve, making just decisions in our daily life. Sometimes when we go and we spend time with God, we already know that one or two things God has been connecting with us on or talking to us about, and if I go spend time with God, guess what happens? Man, I know God's going to win in the end. I I know God's going to say it loud and clear, you know, it's like you got in a little trouble with your boss, you know, and you're ignoring your boss at work. Um, you know the moment your boss says, hey, uh, come on in, I need to talk with you. You know they're not, you know, you're not going in to say, hey, I got a, you know, a few extra candy bars out of the machine, I'd like you to give you one. You're not getting that. That's not happening. You know you're going to have to say, hey, I want to talk to you about this situation. And God does that. And sometimes we're so nervous and afraid that God might be guiding us and leading us into something that we decide, I'm just going to stay away from God altogether. I mean, I'll come to church, I'll sit in a chair, you know, I'll raise my hand for a few songs, but that's not always being with God. But to stop, to open up my word, to dedicate like three hours or four hours where I'm saying I'm shutting everything out, I know eventually in the conversation, God's going to say, hey, um, let's talk about that thing I've been, I've been prodding you about. And I got to deal with it. And that scares us sometimes, right? Can I just tell you this morning, he always, and if you don't believe me, just read through the New Testament. Some of you just finished the New Testament in our our reading program that, that we were doing. Just read the New Testament and you will see he is always, always, always pushing us and challenging us for our good, for better life, for more enjoyable life, for more fulfilling life and for the mission he has for us here on this earth. Here's what happens, though, if uh, we choose to let our schedules or we choose to let our fear of what we might hear get in the way. And we'll, we'll kind of close out with this. Here's what happens is we don't hear from God. We don't hear from God. It's that simple. I mean, sometimes we go uh, to somebody and we say, I really feel like God's calling me to do this and that. And if we could really see the time you put with God, Uh, If we could really see that truly, we might be bold enough to say, "Mm, you don't know what God's calling you to. (laughs) Because when we don't spend the time, when we're using our schedules, when we're scared, we just simply don't hear from God. We don't hear from God. 
Now, I know for me, the, a few weeks ago, we had our men's summit, and I had the opportunity the night before to sit and to have dinner with Nikita Koloff and Lex Luger, who are, you know, wrestling stars that I watched when I was a kid and emulated and all those kind of stuff. And uh, we got stuck down at the end of the table. Lex is in a wheelchair. Nikita was across from me. I was here. And then there was like this little bit of a gap. And then General Boykin was like holding court with the rest of the table, you know, down here because, you know, he was the important guy. And so we, we were down here. And, and I remember like for me, I was thinking, man, I get, to, I get to talk to these guys. You know, I get to actually talk to these guys I saw on TV and, and kind of emulated and, you know, did some of their, you know, Russian sickle moves and things like that on my brother. And well, until my brother got 6'3", and then that was done. Oh. But I get to talk to them. I remember one time, um, Dale Murphy, who's my favorite baseball player of all time, we got to go to an autograph signing, and I took a poster that hung on my wall in every place I'd ever lived, still does, um, ratty, tore-up poster, and, and I got to have him sign it. And, and I remember putting it in front of him and, like, just expecting, you know, God to sign it and hand it back to you. And then, you know, he, like, he engaged me in a conversation. And, you know, I was like that little five-year-old who's like, I don't know what to say, you know, where you got to interact and talk. Can I tell you the thing that just buckled my knees the most in my life is when I got to actually talk to Cherie when I knew I liked her and I was trying to open up some avenue of connection and relationship and her father invited me over for dinner one night um, or one Sunday afternoon and his, he was kind of scheming himself um, and I was trying to get invited over. I was trying every trick I knew to get invited over for dinner and he set me right next to her, and he said, let's hold hands to pray for the meal. And I mean, I'm like holding her hand. <laughs> this hand was fine, you know, but this hand's going crazy. Um, might have been a bead of sweat or two that poured down on her hand. Um, but when I talked to her and I interacted with her, I mean, that was powerful, you know, when I was courting her. And it's been awesome for 20 years of knowing her. It's the same with God, guys. That to have a relationship, to claim this is the number one thing, this is the person I follow, to spend all of this amount of time getting to church and, and going to Bible studies and prayer, all this kind of stuff to build into our kids and get our kids to Sunday school and all this kind of stuff we do, and yet we choose to cut out the conversation and time with God ourselves personally. Can you see how it just makes little to no sense for us? And the result is we don't hear from God. We just don't hear from him. If you're like me, and I, I know you are, I mean, we're just normal Christian people, I want to hear from God. I want to know God is directing. I want to know he's guiding and leading me. I want him to say, Tom, this is so bold. I want you to step out and do it and know I got your back and I'm with you. I want to know with certainty that I've talked to God and he's called me and he's led me. I believe that's you as well. And it starts as simply as this message is this morning. This verse says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. You this week, you can withdraw. Maybe this is your afternoon today where it's kind of quiet in your world, and if it's not, I'd really encourage you to get Sunday afternoons much more quieter in your life. Maybe this afternoon where you can go find a hiking trail. You can just go spend the time. Maybe you've got a hammock out in the yard, and this is the day to go get in it and spend time with God. Listen, you don't have to take your big Bible study and your exegetical Greek dictionary. You don't have to do any of that. Just go out and just spend time with God. Let him quiet you and let him speak. But I encourage you, get into that this week.
And I, I will know when it's really happening among our congregation. You know how we'll know? Because people will be standing up and saying, the, the Lord spoke to me this week, and this is, this is the awesome thing that's happening. The Lord told me this here, and this is the opportunity in front of us, and it'll just start popping here and there and everywhere. And I'll look out, and there'll be new people sitting all over the place as well, because I know God will say, hey, go talk to that person. Go invite that person. Go speak to that person. That person's hurting. Go talk to them. And God just does those kind of things. It'll be testimony. Let me pray for you on this. And, uh, and then I want to invite Patty to come up and, and share a couple words uh, with you. So would you bow and pray with me? Father, I believe, uh, though a simple message with a simple point, I believe that every single person sitting here can benefit from the power of the simplicity of putting this into practice in our life. Of just saying, look, I'm carving out this time. Nothing's getting in the way. You know, kids, you know, give dad, mom a a few minutes here. Um, Getting up a few minutes earlier. I'm taking this lunch and I'm going to be by my, whatever it is. And that we can benefit and be challenged, encouraged. And we can hear you speak. And Lord, I believe that you are God who desires to speak to every single one of us in here. And so Lord, here's how I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that Every single person here today, staff, congregation, praise team, every single person here today that over the next week, Lord, would be able to share some testimony that would come directly out of them spending time with you and hearing you speak to them. Every single person in here, Lord. It doesn't matter what level their spiritual walk is, how many years, or if they're just kind of still checking this out and they haven't said yes to you yet, Lord, any time a person goes and spends time with you, you speak. And so, Lord, this morning, that's what I'm asking, and that's how I'm praying for our congregation this week. I pray this all in your son's name. Amen. Thanks. Well, in just a, a few weeks, uh, our teams are going to be leaving for Guatemala, and, uh, and I wanted uh, Patty, if she would come up as our, our Justice and Compassion Director, and she's kind of organizing all this to just share with you where we're at, what we're doing, and just give you a little update, and then I'll come back and we'll, uh, we'll take our morning offering. morning, everybody. Hmm. That's a large amount, and that kind of blew my mind away initially. 
But as we went through our building campaign this spring, and I saw what God did through that, I realized that God can do anything. 39,000 is a drop in the bucket. And so um, I'm excited to report this morning that as of today, $31,557 has been raised for working this month. Thanks, Patty. I appreciate that. Okay, the final thing, let me just give you a, a little bookkeeping. Uh, you've got your, your envelope right here. I want to explain this because it's new envelopes to us. See, uh, right at the top, it says church expenses. That's our regular tithes and offerings. So uh, that's our, our committed 10% that, that we give. That's where it goes right there. The missions is, is uh, really towards the Guatemala trip. And so if uh, you, like Patty said, if that's a, uh, an area you'd like to donate and feel God calling you to, please use that line. And then you'll notice we want to make sure we put building fund on there. Starting June 1st, our pledged amounts that we put for our 36 month, those will start rolling in in the month of June, not the month of May. Uh, month of June, those 36 month pledges begin. So you just mark right in there for building fund and that'll be uh, just, just accounted towards your pledge as well, your name on the bottom. Now you might say, hey, uh, if... If I want to give, like, you know, an extra amount to the kids' ministry or something, great. Just, just write, go ahead and write that in one of the side areas. It would, just too small of an envelope to list uh, everything. So just write it in the side there, and we'll make sure that designated money goes towards whatever you, you put that in. So that's kind of bookkeeping. We want to just make sure you're aware of that as how these envelopes uh, work. So use that. Our ushers are going to come in just a minute and take up uh, our tithes and offerings. But, uh, but let's go to, out uh, celebrating. So why don't you stand up, and we'll sing.